Welcome to episode 578 of the 1010 Thrive Podcast, brought to you by 1010 Thrive Ministries. I'm Peter Anderson. 1010 Thrive, 10 minutes a day based on 10 guidelines for abundant living. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Today we continue with part three of It's a Light Thing. The kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom have engaged in a long and arduous journey, and now they have discovered that there is not enough water for their armies or for their cattle. Note that they brought cattle with them to feed their troops. It was at this point that somebody raised the God issue. 2 Kings 3 verse 10, What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. Remember that Jehoram, the king of Israel, was not a good guy and his guilty conscience convinced him that this calamity was the judgment of God. His own sin made him think that everything that happened against him was the judgment of God. At least he recognized that the God of Abraham was sovereign. It was at this moment that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, raised the prophet question. 2 Kings 3 verse 11, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? Let me assure you that God has a word for you right now in the midst of this ancient text about an ancient battle that had to do with people who you don't know and whom you will never meet. Down in the essence of this text, God has a word for you right now. Walk with me a little further. Did I tell you that the allies were really not allies? They had joined themselves together for the purpose of survival, but they really were not friends. And in point of fact, they were all enemies. In the midst of your difficulties, God is able to take your enemies and make them your allies. God will fix it so that folk who don't want to be nice to you will have to go out of their way in order to be good to you on God's behalf. Let me digress a bit, but I'm still addressing the point. The National Museum of African American History and Culture is a Smithsonian institution located on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., It was established in December 2003 and opened its permanent home in September 2016. The United States' first African-American president, Barack Obama, presided over the ceremony that declared the museum open. And when he did so, it was the culmination of more than 100 years of efforts to establish a federally owned museum featuring African-American history. The path to this opening was long and fraught, and along the way there were many unlikely alliances, including between two African Americans from different sides of the aisle. Representative from Georgia and longtime civil rights activist John Lewis, a Democrat, and representative from Oklahoma and former college football standout J.C. Watts, a Republican. There were black-white alliances between Lewis and white Republican Senator Sam Brownback from Kansas, and between George W. Bush, a Republican, and President Obama, a Democrat. It's amazing to think how much has changed in the United States in just the six and a half years since this museum opened. I'm not sure that we could see these kinds of alliances or this kind of cooperation today. The museum was more than 100 years in the making because way back in 1915, African-American veterans of the Union Army met at the 19th Street Baptist Church in D.C. for a reunion and parade. These were African Americans who fought for the Union in the Civil War. 
Over the course of that war, more than 2 million men enlisted in the Union Army, including almost 180,000 colored troops, among them free blacks and runaway slaves. This was 1915, 50 years after the end of the Civil War, 50 years after the 13th Amendment to the Constitution had abolished slavery, 47 years after the 14th Amendment had granted citizenship and equal civil and legal rights to African Americans and enslaved people who had been emancipated after the war, 45 years after the 15th Amendment sought to protect the voting rights of African American men. Frustrated with the racial discrimination they still face, the veterans formed a committee to build a memorial to various African-American achievements. The fight for freedom is not easily won. The children of Israel were in Egyptian bondage for more than 400 years. Although we often use 1619 as a starting point for the beginning of slavery in what would become the United States of America, enslaved Africans were brought to the Americas as early as the 1500s, and slavery would persist until the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 and Juneteenth in 1866. Voting rights secured in 1870 were undermined by poll taxes, grandfather clauses, literacy tests, and voter intimidation, notably by the Ku Klux Klan. It wasn't until the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that legal barriers to voting were outlawed at the state and local levels. And now many of those laws are being rolled back. Still, it seemed that the efforts of the veterans who organized in 1915 would pay off in 1929 when President Herbert Hoover appointed Mary Church Terrell, one of the first African-American women to earn a college degree and a national activist for civil rights and suffrage, and Mary McLeod Bethune, an African-American educator, philanthropist, humanitarian, womanist, and civil rights activist, and 10 others to a commission charged with building a national memorial building showcasing African-American achievements in the arts and sciences. And maybe they could have achieved their goals earlier had Congress not blocked the project. There's a word here. There's a word here for you and it simply says that in the course of working through life's difficulties, not only will God use your enemies on your behalf, but sometimes in the process of doing what you're doing, it might be best to take the roundabout way. Remember 2 Kings 3 verse 9 said that the kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom, while leading their respective armies, fetched a compass. Other versions say that they made a circuitous march, or they traveled a roundabout route, or they made a circuit, or they started on a looping detour. I don't know how you find it, but sometimes you don't get what you want when you want it, how you want it, or where you want it. And when you can't get what you want, when you want it, how you want it, or where you want it, that's the time you have to take a roundabout route. God has a victory waiting for you, but sometimes you have to take the long way around. God's people marched out of their way, but this was God's plan to facilitate their success. What you want may not happen overnight. It may not happen in the time and the place that you expect, but if you can just be patient enough to let God get you in the right position, if you can just be patient enough to let God get you in the place where God wants to bless you, if you can just be patient enough to trust that God knows best, your life will never be the same. Sometimes you have to go through something in order to get to something. Isaiah 43 verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Often we focus in this verse on the promise that God will be with us in our difficult times. But what I want to point out here is that God is saying that you may have to go through the fire 
and you may have to go through the flood. To get to the promised land, you may have to experience some hardship. You may have to endure some pain. You may have to suffer through a waiting period. But hold on. God is there with you. Hold on. God's got you. And when it seems like it's too much, when it seems like you're not going to make it, when it seems like the enemy has you backed into a corner, God says, trust me in this. What you're facing, it's but a light thing. Jesus himself says in Luke 18 verse 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Victory may not come today, but it's coming. Psalm 27 verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. To be continued. Father, help us not to be discouraged if we have to go through something to get to where you want us to be to bless us. Thank you for using every circumstance, even our enemies, for your glory. That's our episode. Remember that God calls you not only to live, but to thrive. Live life to the full today.